Welcome to California Now, a podcast produced by Visit California. I'm Saturius Johnson. Located just north of Malibu and at the southern end of the state's central coast, Ventura County is a picturesque destination for a relaxing getaway. And as Valerie Ryan tells us, this July it's also the place for fans of skateboarding, BMX, and motocross as it hosts the 2023 X Games. The backdrop of Ventura is beautiful. I mean, you are a stone's throw away from the ocean. The way we envision this is having our vert ramp and our Moto X competition course with the ocean and the water in the background. After that, restaurateur Zoe Nathan tells us what's on the menu at the Duchess, a rarefied bakery, cafe, and Burmese restaurant in Ojai. The tea leaf salad is a super traditional Burmese salad. It's pressed and fermented tea leaves, and then it's tossed with like tomatoes and onions and peanuts and just like this refreshing, beautiful salad. And Lynn Andajar of 805 Living Magazine shares some of her favorite spots in Ventura County for everything from art to dining to outdoor fun. That's all coming up on California Now. Earlier this season, I interviewed celebrated pro skateboarder Tony Hawk on the show and even played some tape from when he competed at the 1999 X Games in San Francisco. Well, this July, the X Games finals are coming to Ventura. Skateboarding, motocross, BMX events, everything. That's after qualifiers are held in San Diego and Los Angeles. Here to tell us about the upcoming X Games is Vice President of Fan Experience, Valerie Ryan. Welcome to California Now, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. So to start out, for people who aren't familiar with the X Games, how do you characterize this event to the uninitiated? Well, X Games is an event that's a culmination of the world's best skateboarders, BMX riders, and motocross athletes, which is the pinnacle event of their season. And it's all for a chance to win a gold medal. It's also about families bridging the gaps uh, between fans that grew up loving X Games and loving that brand back in 1995 when it first started and celebrating that with their children. So it's really a great opportunity for families to come together and enjoy everything that the X Games culture is. That's really cool. So, and, you know, when when people talk about X Games, they you know, you hear the term action sports a lot. So what does that all encompass? Well, action sports, it's interesting because it used to be called extreme sports, but now it's taken much more seriously. We're more widely known, we're international, and there's a lot more cultural diversity in action sports than ever before. The action in action sports takes skateboarding, BMX, and motocross, Moto X as we call it, to a whole new level. And we have various disciplines um, in those events. So we have vert. Uh, so that is for skateboarding and BMX. We also have park, and that is for skateboard and BMX as well. Um, we have our street course, which is skateboard and BMX. And then we have our Moto X course, best whip, high air, and uh, best trick. BMX Dirt is our other event. Um, and that all happens in Ventura. And then leading up to Ventura, as you mentioned in your um, in your intro, we are doing some other gold medal events that are taking place in San Diego. Uh, that will be our Real Street, which is a skateboard competition, and then BMX Best Trick. And then in Los Angeles this year, excited to return to LA, we'll be doing a real skate, a game of skate event that is uh, both for women and men. And it's kind of like the game horse 
but you play it on a skateboard. Is that a new event for this year or is that something that's been going on for the last couple of years? We have done this event once before, but this is the first time it's actually a medaled event, an X Games medaled event, and the first time it will be for both men and women. So really excited to be bringing that and showcasing that event to our fans. So why is California such a significant place for skateboarding and BMX? It is really the start of action sports in general from when surfing was first popular and then the invention of skateboards because surfers wanted to ride waves, uh, but without being in the ocean. So they they invented skateboarding and our history there in California as well. We have such a history and legacy of so many really incredible moments happening in Los Angeles during X Games that coming home, it really is a homecoming for us for X Games to return to California. Absolutely. And and why is Ventura such a, a great fit for the 2023 X Games? Oh, the backdrop of Ventura is beautiful. We're there Mm. at the fairgrounds and we are, I mean, you are a stone's throw away from the ocean. So the way we envision this is having our vert ramp and our Moto X competition course with the ocean and the water in the background is just going to be beautiful on TV, but also beautiful to fans making the trip up to uh, Ventura as well. Yeah. And so remind me, when was the last time they were in California? We were in California for the last time in 2013. Right. Wow. So how has the competition evolved since then? It's much more widely known and recognized. That to me is is what's changed the most. And obviously, you know, when we started in 1995, it was extreme. And now it is, it's an Olympic events. Um, the popularity is just skyrocketed since we first started in 95. Yeah. Are there any new sports in the spotlight? As I mentioned, the game of skate, really, really excited for that happening in Los Angeles. It's really cool to watch these athletes and their camaraderie with each other and cheer each other on to to compete. And so it will be one trick um, after another and the athlete, one athlete will do that trick and then the other athlete has to make that trick or not. Mm -hmm. And it just spells out uh, skate it's really cool because it will be a medaled event and the athletes will bring their A game to this as if it as if it was being staged at our final event up in Ventura. Right, right. So so what does it mean that the X Games are coming to Ventura? I mean, we'll link to everything in our show notes, but can you kind of give us some of the details now? Oh man, it's going to be so much fun in Ventura. Uh, we really will take Ventura by storm. It will be 3 days of nonstop action inside that fan festival area that we have at the fairgrounds there's going to be so much to do for families there'll be all the competitions taking place up there as i mentioned before all the athletes will be up there and we'll have music tied to it we'll have interactive courses for um, fans to actually be able to participate in the sports they're watching their heroes do their tricks on they'll be able to jump on a little mini version of a Hmm. ramp or a street course. So it's inviting to all ages and all families. And um, yeah, and for the price of a one day admission, you get all the competitions taking place in that one full day, which can be anywhere from a five hour day to an eight hour day. That's really, so not not only can you kind of you know, be a spectator. You can also, it sounds like, participate in some interactive things and also live music. So that's 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 really great. Yeah, live music as part of the ticket price is really great. And we're excited to be able to do that. 
Um, we haven't announced who the bands are, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but it will be some really great talent. What are some of the big names everyone will be watching and what makes them special? Um, Nyjah Houston, obviously, is, is one of the most dominant street skateboarders today. He really embodies the culture and that lifestyle of what action sports is. Um, I remember when he was only 11 years old and made his, his debut at X Games in Los Angeles. It was so amazing. Uh, Sky Brown is another one. Uh, she is British Japanese. She's 14 years old, skateboarder. She is one of the kindest hearted people I've ever met and a huge role model to young women today. Um, and then, you know, there's others. There's BMX rider Kevin Peraza, who has such a big heart as well and is such a dominant BMX rider. Axel Hodges, who's an amazing Moto X rider. And then the hometown hero from Ventura, uh, skateboarder Curran Capels. That's really great. You know, and I mentioned in the intro that we had Tony Hawk on earlier this spring. Is he going to be involved in any way? Of course, Tony is. And even if he wasn't going to be there, he would be there in spirit as the king right. of action sports. But yes, he, he is scheduled to compete uh, and most likely playing a bigger role than just that this summer. And uh, I mean, he's such an icon and influencer and he's helped shape the world of action sports to what we know it to be today. So we're just so excited to continuously work with him and partner with him on what X Games is. Absolutely. Um, are there any events that you are especially excited to see personally? I love BMX Dirt, I have to say. It is <laughs> it is like your heart stops when these guys are jumping on on these dirt ramps that it's just amazing. And the, the athletes are really incredible and their athleticism is just on par with any athlete out there. So that's I, I think that's got to be one of my favorites, but I love them all. So if any, you know, any skateboarders are listening, just know I love you guys, too. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's one more thing people don't know about these upcoming X Games that you're excited to share? Uh, we have this some really cool fan experiences that we're um, that we have for sale, which uh, not a lot of people know about. And they're so limited. And it's sort of it's the first time we've done something like this. So, you know, if you are a true fan of action sports, um, you can get a private tour of the athlete lounge, which is something that's like the holy grail, because that yeah. is the private space the athletes go hang out in. So you get a private cool. tour. Yeah, you also get a photo opportunity with an actual gold medal. Um, not a lot of people get to put one of those on. So yeah. uh, that's a really great treat. And then um, you'll, another one of the opportunities is breakfast with the athletes and our talent. Um, that is another part of our X Games experiences that we're going to be putting out there. Wow, that is pretty amazing to be able to have breakfast with like, you know, the athletes that you totally admire. That is That is really unusual and very cool. Yeah, it's so exciting because it just makes that connection even deeper between the athletes and, and them as humans with the fans who follow them on Instagram. Um, it's just, I'm really excited to be able to offer that to fans. Valerie, this has been so great. Thank you so much for uh, letting us know about the X Games in Ventura and for joining us on California Now. Thank you so much. Valerie Ryan is Vice President of Fan Experience for the X Games, which will be held July 21st through 23rd in Ventura. Tickets are on sale at xgames.com. You can also watch the action live on ESPN and ABC. Check your local listings. This is California Now.
Road trips are an incredible way to experience the full magic of the Golden State. If a mobile adventure is on your to-do list, you'll want the all-new 2023 California Road Trips Guide on hand. This free 60-page magazine features 13 action-packed itineraries. Each one begins and ends at one of the state's many airports, highlighting just how easy it is to fly into any region of the state for an unforgettable adventure. Featured on the cover is NBA superstar Dwayne Wade, a Los Angeles resident since 2019, who now owns Wade Cellars, a Napa Valley winery. The first ballot Hall of Famer says California has given him an escape for some much-needed quiet time. To order your 2023 California Road Trips Guide, go to visitcalifornia.com slash travel guides. Again, that's visitcalifornia.com slash travel guides. My next guest is a culinary veteran who makes her home in the easygoing town of Ojai, tucked away in the mountains of Ventura County. Zoe Nathan is a restaurateur and baker who helps run the Duchess, a cafe and bakery by day, and by night, the place to go for cocktails and a -a one-of-a-kind take on Burmese food. Zoe is here to tell us about both the Duchess and a few other favorite spots in and around Ojai. Welcome to California Now, Zoe. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. So let's start with some background. Uh, You opened and worked in a number of restaurants in and around Los Angeles before moving to Ojai a few years ago. Is that right? Yeah, my partner and I own a bunch of restaurants in L.A., and we decided to move our kids and I up to Ojai. Can you tell us a bit about those L.A. spots, you know, before you made that move? They are our our heart and blood, to be honest with you. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're all different. We kind of started opening restaurants in Santa Monica before Santa Monica was kind of the cool place to be. Um, We both grew up around here. Um, We started with a place called Rustic Canyon, and then we have a bakery called Huckleberry. On and on and on. I can tell you all of them, but they're all different. And yeah. I mean, Rustic Canyon, I'd say I've actually been to Rustic Canyon. It was one of my most memorable meals. I, I still th- look back at it very fondly, and I'm so happy that I was, I was able to visit there and to experience what you what you brought to that restaurant. So tell us, what was it about Ojai that called to you, that kind of took you away from the L.A. area? Well, we wanted, or I wanted to start to grow food Um, And we just started to work down the coast. And eventually we ended up in Ojai. And Ojai was kind of like the first place that we could actually grow food and raise animals here. And we found this kind of old piece of land towards the beginning part of town. And it was right as the pandemic started. And we kind of just put our heads down and started to work. We like restructured the whole property and started to grow food for the restaurants. Wow. So so not only were you kind of around all of these great farms and producers, you actually are growing stuff yourself and raising livestock yourself. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. You know, and now, to be honest with you, it's funny. We started with produce and trees, and now I'm obsessed with flowers. And so the only thing we grow there besides like a little bit of food for ourselves is flowers for the restaurants. Oh, I mean, you know, for somebody who wants to kind of create amazing culinary creations to be able to do that, it's a place that that gives you the opportunity. That's something that you really don't find in many places. It's really hard to beat. Yeah. Oh, I offered us an opportunity to actually do what we had been talking about. You know, it was a place that we could start to create a closed loop system in a way where we could 
have food that was grown within the community and sell it and meat that was grown within the community and fish that was fished just miles away. Um, and it was, it was, it offered us a, a moment that I think it was pretty incredible actually. Yeah. And, and, you know, being, being no stranger to opening restaurants, what was the genesis for the Duchess there in Ojai? So we had decided we didn't want to open restaurants and my partner has really stuck to his guns. He doesn't want to, but I'm a glutton for punishment. I love opening restaurants, um, sadly. And I think the more I became a part of the community there, I think it was really hard for me. It pained me not to start a restaurant, to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, and not to be like, wait, we can get all of this stuff like 10 miles, you know, and right, right. it was kind of all by chance. My friend saw who uh, we had worked together at an, on another restaurant down in LA was driving through town and he makes this like chili oil that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> and he was kind enough to bring it to the house that day. And I was up on the hill and I was like, oh, screw it. I'm going to open a restaurant. And I was coming down from the hill and I saw him and I was like, yo, you want to open a restaurant with me? <laughs> and he was like, uh, okay. And then his wife came out the other side and was like, oh, hell no. You know, <laughs> like you were not us <laughs> again, you know, and somehow I don't really know within like a couple of weeks, we were just like head down hard at work, you know, and Kelsey kind of came into the mix and I was like, would you like to open a bakery? And the idea kind of sounded weird. And Saw's only caveat was like, I'll open a restaurant with you and I will move to this weird little rural community. Um, <laughs> but you better let me only cook my food. You can never tell me what to make. And I was like, yes, sir. You know? Oh, and boy. Yeah. That's kind of how it came to be that this like wildly authentic Burmese restaurant is now in the middle of Ojai. <laughs> um, it's like really hilarious, actually. Yeah, I mean, well, first, you, you first of all, you make it sound so fun, but at the same time, you're you know you're saying like you're a glutton for punishment. So what what makes it so hard to open a restaurant? I mean, if I can be totally honest with you, it is so fun. Like <laughs> it's so fun, you know. And I've done it a bunch of times, and I love it so much. I think opening your first restaurant is crazy hard. You know what I mean? Trying to find the money and doing all the stuff and everything. But I think the hardest part of what I do or what we do is that we never open the same place twice. Every single time we make 1,000 mistakes, um, <laughs> which is dumb, but so fun. And this was just like all the rest in that same way. Um, we found this kind of old, crazy building in the middle of town that had been a restaurant um, for almost 20 years um, before we took it called Azu. And it was a kind of a local family. And the kids of the woman wanted to open a brewery that was like where their heart was. And they were making mm -hmm. all these like really rad beers. And now they have a brewery in town, which is super fun. So we bought it from them and then they got to kind of do what they really wanted to do. Um, and then before they had it, it was uh, one of the original bakeries in the middle of town. Well, you know, so so you told us how you got Saw to come in to as a partner to kind of cook his his version of Burmese food. Um, how did you bring baker Kelsey Brito into the idea? So, OK, so Kelsey and I have worked together. She's kind of worked with me for so many years. Um, and she's really, really, really 
talented. And it was kind of the same situation. She was totally in and wanted to open a bakery, but she didn't want to open my bakery and she didn't want to be in my shadow anymore. And that was like a real conversation. You know what I mean? I was like, Mm -hmm. no, this is going to be yours. Do your thing. You know, I think for me, I've been in the kitchen for so long that I made a really mindful decision to move to the front of house and to kind of be able to run the whole restaurant. And so it was a really awesome moment to let her also bake whatever she wanted and find her voice. And she's young and it's been so awesome to watch her like find like her style of cake and her style of beautiful and her voice. I mean, both her and Saw are, you know, on the younger side. And I think to watch these like young chefs find their voice is probably like the raddest part of my job. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of practicing like the perfect management style. Like you're bringing in like super talented people and you're just letting them do their thing. Yeah, it's really fun to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Where does the name The Duchess come from? So the original oven, when it was a bakery, they used an oven from the company The Duchess. And it was actually this big, awesome oven that was in the center of the building Hmm. that they slowly kind of took apart all the bricks and made this like back patio from the brick. (laughs) And so now it's just the front of the oven is still there that they turned into a fireplace. And we could not figure out what you would call a bakery in the morning in a Burmese restaurant at night. (laughs) So it ended up being the Duchess. That's so cool. So so walk me through the menu over the course of a day at the Duchess. I mean, let's start in the morning and say I'm looking for coffee and a pastry. What do you recommend? So um, the coffee that we use is pretty rad also. It's all roasted in Ojai. It's uh, Bonito Coffee. And my partner actually kind of partnered um, with them. And now they're kind of going to try to make it a big fun coffee company. But for now, it's a small local coffee company. And the beans that he gets are amazing. And he's super duper thoughtful. And I think one thing that we could bring was we're all massive coffee geeks. (laughs) You know, everything from we make our own almond milk, we make our own coconut milk. Um, Every single thing is made in house there. And Yeah. So you come in, you get a cup of coffee, you get a homemade pastry and some yummy bread. The fun thing in the morning at the Duchess is it's a real local spot. Definitely during the week. On the weekend, we get kind of more people from L.A., but Mm -hmm. during the week, it's like the same people in the same seat. It's where everybody says hi to each other (laughs) and they like like sprawl everywhere. Right. Oh, that's funny. So so talk to me about the pastries. Like, what are some of the favorite pastries? Like, what should I definitely not miss? I mean, everything she makes is so, so, so good. <laughs> uh, but for sure, a ham and cheese croissant. Mm. But she, I mean, honestly, whatever is good at the market, she's using, you know, whether it's passion fruit or strawberry, everything changes all the time. I think to me, the perfect way to use the Duchess is to walk in, get a cup of coffee and a pastry, sit somewhere for way too long, and <laughs> then grab a sandwich to go, you know, mm-hmm. and go for a hike, you know, and then right. come back for drinks and then stay for dinner. I mean, it's open <laughs> all day, you know. 
Um, but we also do like a pretty rad brunch and Saw does the brunch and that's really fun and busy and kind of crazy, but you're on vacation and it's fun to wait in line, I think, on vacation. <laughs> Uh huh. <laughs> well, talk to me about it. What, what's a Burmese brunch like? I mean, it's everything from a bowl of lentils and rice, um, which is my go-to breakfast, um, or like this epic Burmese fried chicken sandwich. Or mm. we also smoke all our own brisket in the back, out of like my older son's old smoker that we brought in. <laughs> yeah, there's salads and granola and yogurt and but everything that's there is either local or organic or thoughtfully done and all the leftover scraps are brought to my pigs at the farm and you know we try to use everything that sounds great that sounds really great okay so let's go back to like a weekday say i'm there and i'm gonna go do your hike thing and everything and i want to stop in for lunch so what are some favorites on the menu for lunch at the duchess I mean, for sure, the pastrami sandwich, for sure, the fried chicken sandwich. It's a cafe. You know, it feels definitely like a cafe vibe and it's very chill. There's no reservations. You can sit for as long as you want, you know, and then at night it changes. The vibe is definitely different. Right. So then so let's switch gears and go to go to the nighttime. So I'm going to come for dinner now. And so for, for people who aren't sure they've ever even had Burmese food before, what can they look forward to for like for dinner? Burmese food is kind of like Indian food with fish sauce in a crazy sort of way. It's a mashup of a lot of different things. I mean, Myanmar is a pretty spectacular place with a lot of different people all mashed together. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely there. It's spicy. It's flavorful. But it's also with like all local meat and local ingredients and and also, I think, you know, to go back to that, that feeling of like being able to listen to a chef's voice, mm -hmm. I think what I find the most special thing about the Duchess at, at night is if you really pay attention, you really hear Saw's voice. He makes this one dish, the lamb biryani, and it was really sweet when he... When we first decided to open the Duchess, he moved into my back house and he he always says he's like looking for his grandma's recipes. Mm. And it was really, it was really that. And it was kind of like this emotional journey through like flavors and smells. And he kept telling me and he kept practicing this like lamb biryani. And basically it's like lamb and spices and rice and it cooks and oftentimes it has a top on it and he kept always talking about that moment when he would like walk into the house and you open the top of the pot and you get that like instant smell of like the spices mm -hmm. and the lamb and the rice and so he tried to kind of recreate that and so he put puff pastry over it and so when it comes to your table the idea is that you like put your fork into the puff pastry and you get that smell mm -hmm. and that kind of childish moment when you get that whiff of it right and I think it's been really fun to kind of watch him go through that in this kind of casual, crazy space. But yeah, dinner there is, it's like an experience, you know, and it's a lot of spices and smells and generally people are drinking too much and, it's fun, <laughs> you know, we have like a crazy <laughs> bar in the back on Thursdays. We have skewer night and local bands and that's really fun. That sounds really great. You know, you, you mentioned you, you mentioned that like it's like a saw is basically like you hear his voice through the food. It almost sounds like he's telling you about how he grew up through food. 
I mean, with his grandmother's recipes and things like that. So he's really kind of sharing a part of his culture, a part of his how he grew up. Yeah, yeah. And I think the idea about having a place that's open, you know what I mean, for so many hours, is that hopefully people are kind of growing up there. You know what I mean? And you're really mm-hmm. part of people's memories and kids are there every afternoon. And these smells and these experiences are kind of becoming a part of people's lives in the same way. Yeah. I mean, it's so rare to have a place open like all day from breakfast right through dinner. So it's becoming increasingly rare. So it's it's great that you're able to do that. Yeah, it's virtually impossible to make money doing it. I think that's why people don't do it. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's one more thing that you're not sure many people realize about the Duchess that you're especially proud of? Everything we do from scratch. You know what I mean? We juice Mm -hmm. every lemon and every lime. We ferment everything ourselves. I think that the Duchess in my mind was the last restaurant that I was going to open. And so I really wanted to do it right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. From... Mm -hmm insurance for our employees to knowing exactly where the lamb was raised and killed and every single thing in between to have flowers without pesticides on your table that are thoughtful Mm -hmm. and to feel like we're all a part of this system and to and to realize that we all can make a change together I think is I think what I feel really proud of about the Duchess. That sounds amazing. I mean, you're not taking any shortcuts. You're really just doing everything the right way and, uh, you know, being very responsible about it. Yeah, it's it feels really good. Oh, it's so great. So let's turn now to Ojai yes. more broadly. Um, what do you like most about living there? So many things, but Ojai is beautiful. Ojai is beautiful and peaceful and the people are amazing and kind and sweet. Um, and there's actually like some really cool things happening there now. I mean, the area is kind of going through a bit of a culinary renaissance at the moment. Can you tell us about some other places I should go for food and drink and and what makes these spots special to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when the Duchess opened, a couple other places opened at the same time. There's a place called Pinion, which is so sweet. And on our block, it's all like handmade, super thoughtfully made pizzas. Um, There's another place called Rory's down the street, and they're pretty incredible and kind of with that same ethos of like trying to keep it within the community um what should i order there if i go there like what's their cuisine i mean at rory okay rory's but i'm an egg person Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like the best kind of like play off of um deviled eggs um it's really you know it's like it very much feels like a restaurant that would be in la in venice you know what i mean Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's steak and fish and oysters it's fun and loud and you know those you know the wine is really good and it's super fun it's small and sweet and fun there's also Topa Topa, um, which has been there for really for a while. Um, they have this really good fried chicken sandwich. My kids also love the burger there. I feel like Topa Topa is that awesome best kept secret with families because mm-hmm. you can go and drink and your kids can play. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's something for them to eat and hang out. Right. And the same right. actually with the um, Ojai Brewery. They're same thing. Like you can go because, you know, you generally go on vacation with your kids. And so those two places are awesome. There's also a place called Tipple and Ramble, which I love. Um, It's like off the beaten path and nobody really knows about it. But it's Mm -hmm. a perfect place to go and have like a glass of wine and feel quiet. I 
Okay, here are my favorite places. I'll just give you oh, a Oh, good. Whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a wine shop in town called Pointe de Chêne, which is like so surprisingly amazing. And you're like in Ojai and you wouldn't think, but it's like it's worth driving there just to have this guy. What makes it so amazing? He's just, he has such a good palate and he only sells what he loves. And there's nothing I like more than that. You know what I mean? He's just like, this is what I love. Do you want it? If you don't, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. There is also a place called Chief's Peak. It's at this like little motel, the rancho that's in the middle of town, which I will say I think is the best bar to go to. What, what makes it so great? It's six seats, but then it goes out into the pool and there's like a beautiful tree and there's always grass, which is unheard of in Ojai. And it's just, it's a lot of locals and it's so fun. It's just like one of those places that you go and you're like, you know what? I can breathe. I'm going to have another drink. And it's just the kind of quintessential Ojai experience. And then, oh, Farmer and the Cook is old school Ojai, the place to go. It's like the the perfect vegetarian hippie market cafe, I think. I think going there and then going down the street and taking a walk like at the river bottom is probably an amazing Ojai moment. You're so close to the coast. I imagine seafood must be also a really good option there. So where should I go for that? Full moon. Full Moon Izakaya is a really amazing sushi place. It's family run and super small, but really good and really thoughtful. What if I'm what if I'm in the mood for something sweet, like you know, for dessert? What, where, where should I go? I would send you to Sanders and Sons. Um, it's a local ice cream place, like family run, really so 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 delicious, and they keep it super seasonal and it's really sweet. And they make their own ice cream and everything? Mm-hmm. They make their own ice cream, their own cones. It's great. Oh, that is so great. What are some other local businesses you like to steer people towards? Say like, you know, non-food related businesses. I think probably like the main place that people love to go is a place called Bart's Books. It's um, a totally outdoor bookshop. So if it rains, it's closed. Um But it used to not rain a lot in Ojai, but this year it did, which was pretty rad. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the kind of place where it's all these different rooms. Um, And so you could literally wander around it forever. I take my kids there. But yeah, it's mostly used books and like kind of really awesome poetry books and older stuff. But they just redid the inside. So it has newer books now. But it's really it's a sweet, sweet place. That's so cool. So when you do have a day to spend with your family, where are some other places that you're going? If you're not home, you're going on hikes. I think that's one of the main things that Ojai has to offer. Taking a walk down to the river bottom. One of my kids is a big horseback rider. I know that when you're in Ojai, there's a place called Oso Ranch that Mm -hmm. takes these really cool tours of the river bottom on horseback. Um, But that's definitely such a fun way to see a different part of Ojai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ojai is all about being outside, really. Yeah, no, it sounds like there are some really great uh, ways to experience the outdoors in Ojai. We also actually, one thing in Ojai that we have, which is pretty rad, we have an amazing skate park. And it's kind oh. of funny, and it's right in the middle of town. 
And like a funny fact about Ojai, there's like a lot of older skaters. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I think used to be professional. They're all still there. They seem to be really into it and really good. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, that's like a, a big, a big, big middle part of Ojai. You know, oh, and that's actually so cool. we have the best park in the middle of Ojai too. That's really cool. You know, we had Tony Hawk on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago. So I wonder if he's ever been to Ojai and that park. I bet he has. People like that <laughs> park. I mean, I don't know how to skate, but. <laughs> Zoe, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining us on California Now. Thanks for having me. Zoe Nathan is a partner at The Duchess. They're online at theduchessohi.com and on Instagram at theduchessohi. As always, we'll have links to all the places we talked about on today's episode and lots more on our website, visitcalifornia.com slash podcast. This is California Now. My next guest heads up 805 Living, a high-end magazine that covers travel, food, wine, arts, and entertainment. With a big footprint spanning from western L.A. all the way up to San Luis Obispo, Ventura County is smack in the middle of the magazine's territory. Lynn Andajar is 805 Living's editor-in-chief and CEO, and she's here to tell us more about what to do and where to go in both the city of Ventura and the surrounding county. Welcome to California Now, Lynn. Thank you, Soterius. Thanks for having me. So let's start with 805 Living Magazine. What's the idea behind it and who's it for? Well, 805 Living Magazine is uh, really a, a great resource for the 805 community. It's a lifestyle magazine and uh, it's, it's a, a magazine that's intended to uh, share with its readership the very best that this region has to offer. Everything from shopping and dining, arts and culture, philanthropy, travel, food and wine. And, and it really is meant to create aha moments for readers. We try to include tidbits in every single issue that would give both visitors and locals a little aha moment, something that they may not know about or something that's new to discover. And so we really try to, try to make each uh, edition an adventure for our audience. Yeah. And it seems like you have a lot of freedom to tell stories about whatever's interesting, whether that's a cool new restaurant here or an exhibit over there. As someone in a similar line of work, I have to say, it seems like a lot of fun. It's a ball. I mean, that's the best part of the job is that um, we live in an area that is filled with so many interesting people and so many interesting destinations. Producing the magazine is a challenge in terms of, you know, all the mechanics that go into it. But the best part about it is the fact that there is so much to cover. So what's an example or two of a recent piece that really showcases what the magazine's about? Well, a recent um, edition that we had, and we do it on an annual basis, is our restaurant issue. So we really highlight the the culinary community in the region, and it's very, very vibrant. There's so much happening, um, both from you know mom and pop restaurants, uh, caterers, chefs, and so uh, one of the fun articles that we did is we highlighted the uh, emerging pizza scene in this region. California is typically not known for its pizza. It's uh, we kind of proved proved that wrong uh, with highlighting all of the really interesting new pizza joints that have popped up in the area. It's really um, kind of like a revolution that's taken place, and we're you know lucky to have a lot of really great new places. And we did a wonderful art- article highlighting all the great you know new pizza places that are that are in the region. So that that was a lot of fun. I'm a New Yorker originally, so it's nice to have some great pizza in my own backyard here in the 805. Absolutely. And I was going to ask, I mean, as an editor, did you get to kind of try out most of those pizzas? I, because I like pizza, I, you know, 
prior <laughs> to assigning the article, I, I recommended a lot of the places having been there. And so, um, you know, that, that was, that's always really fun to get to try places out and decide who, you know, who should be included and who, who's really doing some interesting things. So, so that was, um, a fun part of, uh, always a fun part of being, uh, the, the person that's assigning the projects. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of the places to go, um, starting in the city of Ventura for a listener, say on the, on the East coast, for instance, who may not know that much about Ventura, what's the vibe? Ventura has a great laid back vibe. It's really what I would say the essence of California. It's a great surf culture. Uh, the people are really friendly. It's relaxed and casual. It's right along the coast. So it's a beach community. And, um, you know, it's just a really down to earth place. It's a welcoming place and there's a lot to do and see. As far as, um, you know, the vibe goes, I mean, is it, is it more of like a small town vibe or is it a bustling kind of city vibe or is it, uh, family friendly? I mean, can you kind of let your kids run loose (laughs) and be, you know, feel safe about it? Ventura has a great downtown. So it has, you know, it has, it's not, a, it doesn't feel like a big city at all. It's a very small, small city. Um, but it, it has a, you know, great kind of old school kind of downtown, lots of great shops, you know, lots of great cultural things happening. Um, one of the missions is there. And so it is a place that's family friendly for sure. There's a harbor um, that's uh, not in downtown Ventura, but it's, you know, a little bit of a drive away and that's the Ventura Harbor. And, um, that's really the gateway people will end up in Ventura Harbor and end up going out to the channel islands, which are, you know, we call it the Galapagos islands of California. (laughs) Um, it's a place where you can really enjoy kayaking and hiking and, uh, parasailing and um, diving, lots of whale watching and, um, you know, sea life to be seen. You know, it's it's it it's got that nature feel as well, and that's a big part of what makes the community so enjoyable is its access to nature and its access to, um, you know, being involved in nature. I mean, walking on the beach and hiking, and um, you know, all of those, uh, you know, cycling is a big part of the community. So uh, Ventura has access to all of that. What about getting out on the water in Ventura Harbor? Is that something people can do? Yeah, it's. I mean, there's lots of sailboats and boats in the harbor, and then fun things for people to do interactively as well. There's a great company called Gondola Paradiso, and um, it's the only place in the in the area that I know of where you can take a Venetian gondola ride. And so, um, <laughs> you know, and and the gondolier has the striped shirt and the hat, and you know, you're it's, it's very romantic. So that's a fun thing for for couples to do. And then there's a wonderful boat rental place called Ventura Boat Rentals. And they have all these really cute paddle boats that, that are in the shapes of dragons and swans and things like that. So it's, it's you know, you can go out on a flock of swans throughout the harbor. And that's a really fun family-friendly thing to do. And then there's shopping and dining and things like that. You know, I've also heard good things about the uh, the botanical gardens in Ventura. Have you been? The Ventura Botanical Gardens are just above the city of Ventura. And it's just this beautiful... Um, site with it that has spectacular views of the California coastline. And that's another great place to, you know, bring kids. It's really family friendly. Um, there's different gardens that represent different climate zones around the world. Right now with all the rain that we've had, it's just spectacular. We're on the tail end of the of the blooms, but anywhere you drive in the region, you're going to see beautiful mustard grass and poppy flowers and and it's just really green and spectacular. 
Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, where else? What 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 else is a is something that you'd recommend to somebody visiting? Oh gosh, well, there's a really cool um, museum, the Ventura County Museum, and um, they have a, a very unique exhibit. It's um, there's an artist sculptor named George Stewart, and he creates these historic figures, and um, he includes people that are famous and infamous throughout time, and it's kings and queens and warriors and clerics and he even has a category called really awful people in that grouping. And there are these quarter life-size models and they're very historically accurate. So the costumes are, you know, accurate and the faces are, you know, extremely accurate and the detail is just incredible. And so that's something that, where are you going to see that anywhere else in the world? And it's at our, at the local Ventura County Museum. Um, and so that's a cool exhibit that I would, you know, recommend checking out. Right. That sounds really great. And, you know, we've covered outside activities and the arts. What about food and drinks in the city of Ventura? What's one or two places that you consider must visits? The main kind of street in Ventura, there's just a lot of great places to stop and, you know, grab a cocktail or a really nice dinner. A couple of the places that I think are really um, great with the food scene are um, there's a place called Paradise Pantry, and it's very casual. They have a great brunch and they have a really wonderful wine shop on the side with a excellent cheese um, department. So if you want to go and buy a selection of cheeses and charcuterie, it's a great thing to take away. Um, and they have a killer mac and cheese, which is something that I've enjoyed. And it's just, you know, an incredible mac and cheese. And one of the chefs there also does interesting renditions of that mac and cheese. So she'll do a special one with, let's say, some sort of a braised beef in it or some sort of, you know, wonderful cheese combination. So that's really great. Um, and then there's a really fun um, tiki bar in Ventura called Ventiki Lounge. And that's located right on Main Street. And they have a great list of classic tiki cocktails. Um, they also serve some food there, tacos and sushi and things like that. But it's just a really fun, casual vibe. And then there's um, one just sort of very classic craft house in the area. It's a, a brew house. It's called Finney's. And um, it's a small uh, chain owned by an independent local here. It's a great place to sample local, a variety of local beers. And then they also have great food, just casual food, but really good food. And if you want to indulge, they have this incredible onion ring tower that stands probably a foot and a half tall. That's, you know, these (laughs) crispy onion rings that you want to devour. Um, So that's a fun place. And um, it's just a fun, casual vibe. So, and that's right on the main street there in Ventura. And then there's a really cool new place that opened up called Strange Beast. And it's a contemporary Japanese bar essentially and they serve great cocktails as well as snacks and it really celebrates you know the Japanese flavors um, so they also have um, sake and beer and wine and and the the folks that own that also own a place right next door that's in uh, the old historic bank building and it's called Bank of Italy cocktail trust and that's Italian influenced <laughs> cocktails. And that's, uh, you know, uh, it's owned by the same people and they're really, really serious about their cocktails. I mean, when you go there, you know, you're going to get an amazing, uh, you know, amazing cocktail. That sounds really great. Uh, what about just down the 101 from Ventura in the city of Oxnard? What are some places there that shouldn't be missed? One of the places that stands out to me is a, a place called Casa Agria. And um, what they specialize in, they make sour beers and um, they 
really um, highlight the produce of the region. So if they're going to make some sort of a sour, you know, this fruited sour beer, they're using strawberries from the fields that are right across the way from their place. Um, and so um, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, great, it's in this industrial area, which is kind of, you know, interesting. It's off the beaten paths. So you have to know how to get there. You have to know that it's there, but when you get there on weekends, they always have really great food trucks and, you know, they, they, and the food trucks are always local from the community. So you're getting everything from really great Mexican food to, you know, great burgers. And so, um, but the beer, they really take care in, in creating um, beer that is really interesting and unique. And they're constantly releasing, you know, every week they have new releases. So it's a place that you, you know, you know, you're going to always experience something different every time you go and, and always know that when you go back, there's going to be something new to try. So that, that's a really interesting place. And then just around the corner from that is a restaurant and a winery. The restaurant's called Tierra Sur and it's at Herzog Winery. And um, it's a high-end restaurant. Um, they, um, they just got a new menu or a new chef and he's uh, focusing a little bit more on, on a meat forward menu. So he's kind of back to the, you know, the steak kind of potatoes type of menu, but done really well, really high end. And then they have a, a wine tasting room where you can, you know, taste all the Herzog wines. Um, and they do, you know, food and wine pairings. And it's just, it's a very pretty location, but it's off the beaten path because it's in more of this industrial area. It's worth a visit. It's a, they, it's, there's a kosher, um, it's a kosher restaurant as well. So hmm. um, if you keep a kosher diet, it's a, it's another, it's a great option for that. And uh, what would you say is the vibe at the restaurant there? It's upscale. It's um, it's fine dining. You know, it's great service. It's very nicely appointed. It's got nice lighting, and good music. It's it's a a place where you might want to go to celebrate a special occasion. Um, you know, it's not that pristine that you can't go with a group of friends and enjoy it with a group of friends as well. Right. It's a very um, welcoming environment, and the people that own it are super friendly and very um, passionate about what they do. And that comes through in both the food and the wine. That sounds great. Moving a little further east down the 101 is the city of Thousand Oaks. Uh, what are some favorites there? So in Thousand Oaks, right in the center of town, um, there's a really interesting um, garden, uh, public garden called uh, Gardens of the World. And it was built by the Hogan family. Um, they're the people that um, started um, Pleasant Holiday Travel. And um, they have built this beautiful um, garden that represents uh, five or six different gardens throughout the world. So they have a Spanish garden, an Italian garden, a Japanese-themed garden, uh, the beautiful English rose garden. And it's just impeccably manicured. It's small, so you can drive in, park your car, walk around the gardens, and in a matter of you know half hour, 45 minutes, you've got a little flavor of the world through the gardens. So that's another little hidden gem right in downtown Thousand Oaks. It's right across from our Civic Arts Plaza, which is our local um, cultural center where you can go and see plays and our local symphony and um, you know different theatrical um, programs. So that's a fun thing to do. So for, you know, for people who wanted to, to enjoy the fresh air in the Santa Monica mountains, what else can you recommend for people who want to kind of explore the outdoors? Oh, sure. There's so many um, options in this area. Uh, we're right in the Thousand Oaks area is right in the foothills of the Santa Monica mountains. So you're really with five minute drive to get to the, you know, into the mountains. 
Um, Sycamore Canyon is a really great um, area. There's a there you can walk and hike and bike ride, but the scenery is just absolutely spectacular. It's just rolling hills, you know, to, as you're hiking through, and you can get up to the top of some of the peaks and see the ocean. And it's you know you can see all sorts of uh, you know interesting. Uh, flowers that are native to the region, and um, it's it's just a really active area. So that that's a fun uh, fun place to go to. And then another really cool thing is um, Sandstone Peak, which is the highest peak in the Santa Monica Mountains. What's fun about that is it's you can hike to the top of it. Um, it's a hike that really anybody can do. I did it with a four year old, and she made it to the top. Hmm. And um, along the way, there are all sorts of really cool, you know, areas to stop. There's an area with a big hanging swing and you can swing on the swing. Um, And then when you get to the top, this sort of very end of the hike is a little bit of a scramble and it's a little bit steep. But when you get to the top, you have these incredible views. You can see out to the ocean and there's Mm. this great little rock in the middle of the, the peak. And it's got a Imagine like a mailbox door and you open up the door and you pull out a book and it's a journal and you can write down your name that you got to the top of the, of the, the mountain <laughs> and, you know, maybe oh, make that's a great. comment. And it's fun because you get to read, you know, where people came from and, you know, who they were with and how they felt when they got to the top of the mountain. And it's just an, it's an accomplishment to do it. And it's really just kind of one of those beautiful, beautiful hikes. I think it probably takes about two, two hours to get to the top. And it's, you know, it's not too strenuous and nobody gets too, you know, nobody gets frustrated, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, great way to see, you know, the region and get to see what the, what the area really looks like. And if you're lucky, you'll see some really cool, um, you know, birds and, and tons of rabbits here. So you'll get to see, you know, some of the wildlife in the area as well. Yeah. Is there horseback riding up there as well? There is, there is not, I don't know that it goes to Sandstone Peak, but there is horseback riding in the region and you can get up into the Santa Monica mountains. And mm-hmm. there is an area it's through uh, Dos Vientos where you can uh, rent horses and, and take those out on the trails. And, and that's really fun because, you know, you're, you know, back to the way it was done in the, in the, in the wild west and on the back of a horse <laughs> and you're climbing up these, you know, hills and it gives you appreciation for the people that came before us, the fact that, it, you know, this is what they really had to deal with. And, um, right. You know, so it's it's fun and it's a great activity and it's it's definitely family friendly as well. Absolutely. And uh, so many great recommendations. Thanks so much, Lynn. This has been really fun. Thanks for joining us on California Now. I don't even know where to start. There's so much to do in Ventura County. Come to the 805. It's 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 one of the best places, you know, in California. And uh, hopefully you'll get to come and visit us someday soon. Absolutely. Lynn Andajar is CEO and editor-in-chief of 805 Living Magazine online at 805living.com. This is California Now. Thank you for listening to California Now. We hope to see you in the Golden State soon. This podcast is produced by Visit California. I'm your host, Satirius Johnson. You can find our show on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our website and order the all-new 2023 California Road Trips Guide. That's at visitcalifornia.com slash travel guides.